Hey, Lizards, Gizmo here. I wanted to share some of the cigars we'll be smoking in May and June, so you can smoke along with us if you'd like. For Cubans, we've got Hoyo de Monterey Double Coronas, Partagas Aliados, H. Upman Half Coronas, and Monte Cristo Open Eagle. And for New Worlds, we've got Davidoff, Winston Churchill, and Bellicoso, Diamond Crown, Julius Caesar, TAA Shark, 2023, Liga Pravada, T-52 in Corona Viva, and Davidoff, Late Hour in Robusto, with much, much more to come. Have a suggestion? Email us. Hello at loungelizardspod.com. That's hello at loungelizardspod.com. All right, boys, let's talk about our presenting sponsor, Fabrica 5. Oh, yeah. It's a handcrafted and artisan story with the strong foundation of Rob Isla from Friends of El Habano and Bon Roberts fame with Hamlet Paredes, Master Blender, and Cuban Cigar Legend. Love you, Rob. They're already fantastically priced, but exclusive to Lizard listeners, they can get 10% off Con Anazo 5-packs and 25-count bundles starting right now. Using code LIZARDN6. That's coupon code LIZARDN6. What is Carlos Anzo says it? <laughs> <laughs> you can get worldwide free shipping as well on all orders over $125 US. The website is Fabrica005.com. That's Fabrica005.com. That's right. The more you buy, the more you save. Exactly. And it's important to note, boys, the Cononazzo is the same size. Siglo 6. Siglo 6. Can't wait exactly, to try it. From Cohibo. Oh, yeah. These cigars are crafted and refined by feedback from a hard-nosed tasting panel, the FOH community, and customers. That's How hard-nosed you. were you on that tasting yeah. panel? <laughs> yeah. I was pretty hard-nosed. You know, you are an elite insider. <laughs> Right. Did, did you retrohale? I just want to make sure you did. You can literally jump on the FOH forum right now and post detailed reviews that go straight to the powers that be. And you can tell Gizmo every <laughs> note that you got that he didn't Correct. from the retrohale. And Gizmo likes to get calls at 2 a.m. in bed. <laughs> Be part- <laughs> Become part of the FOH community today. Fabrica 5 is direct from the farm in Honduras to your hand, and they ship out of Miami, so there's no customs nightmare, which is awesome. That's awesome. Oh, Pagoda, you're safe. (laughs) Fair enough, you know. (laughs) Again, use code LIZARDN6, all one word, no space, for 10% off Cononazzo, five packs, and 25-count bundles starting right now at Fabrica005.com. That's Fabrica005.com. Free shipping on orders over $125 U.S. Must be 21 years of age or older to order. Fabrica 5. No boxes, no bands, no bullshit. And now, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Lounge Lizards podcast. It's so good to have you here. It's a leisure and lifestyle podcast founded on our love of premium cigars, as well as whiskey, travel, food, work, and whatever else we feel like getting into. My name is Gizmo, and tonight I'm joined by Rooster, Puba, Senator Pagoda, Grinder, and Bam Bam, a full house of lizards, and our plan is to smoke a cigar drink some scotch, talk about life, and of course, have some laughs. So take this as your 11th official invitation to join us and become a card-carrying lounge lizard. Plan to meet us here once a week. We're going to smoke a Cuban cigar tonight, share our thoughts on it, and give you our formal lizard rating. Puba will also give us some history on Boulevard, and we'll dig into our love of Macallan single malts, all among a variety of other things for the next hour. So sit back, get your favorite drink, light up a cigar, and enjoy as we pair Bolivar's Bellicosos Finos with 12-year-aged Macallan Scotch. Man, this cigar is... We, we smoke it a lot in this group, don't we? I mean, everybody has... Oh, I certainly do. Yeah, I smoke quite a few of these. I mean, w- what a brilliant cigar, a classic cigar. What do you... Uh, let's cut it and uh, see what we're getting on the cold draw here. Let me see your cut, guys. Oh, my oh, God. Look shit. at that. Fuck. Proper oh, cut. What the heck? That's it. Come we, on. We've taught him well. Guys, he's, he's I told you we're, we're, I'm evolving. I don't know why you guys don't believe me, but I am evolving. What are you guys getting on the cold draw here? Cedar. Petrocore. Cedar and like nougat. Like it's weird. Like I get this sweet, nutty flavor. Yeah, I can see the nutty, nutty flavor, yeah. Salty. Mm-hmm. So this is a classic Bolivar cigar from Cuba. Um, v- you know, well-regarded. E- pretty easy to find, though. I mean, it's not it's not a hard cigar to find, but, man, uh, it's such a great cigar. It can be a little bit hard to find. We'll get into it, but in a uh, the slotting lid box yeah. is in more demand. Yeah, the dress, it comes in a 25-count dress box and a 25-count sliding lid box, and uh, we can get into our preferences. But, uh, 
I, I want to light this thing. Let's do it, yeah. boys. It's 50, uh, 52 by five and a half. Bellicoso, obviously. A Bellicoso. A wonderful cigar out of Cuba. Well, you know, like I said, well-regarded. People love the cigar. Very, very popular and a, a real treat. So glad we're, uh, we're doing this one tonight on the pod. And it's our first Bolivar, too. We haven't, done, uh, we haven't done a Bolivar yet. For how many Bolivars we smoke, obviously, we love the, uh, the, the Royal Corona. We love this cigar. Uh, this is the first, uh, first one we're doing. So. I like the Petite Corona, too. But I'm, yeah, you I'm, talk about I haven't had one of those. What, what is that like, uh, Puba? It's strong. Yeah, it packs a punch. I love that cigar. Yeah, I have like grinders I, I smoke that. I have two in my box right now that I brought to the to the to the Lizard Lounge. You know, you know what's the best petite corona? In my opinion. What's Por- that? Por- 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 no, Puba Punch. Would, Puba would agree. Yes. I'm gonna say punch. Ramon. Really? Oh. Club Corona. Well, that's oh, okay. not but that's not that's like a demitasse. That's not a, that's more towards it's not a like classic, what it, uh, it's not a petite, petite corona. corona right. What's the, even um, the Boli- sorry to interrupt, even the Bolivar petite corona is kind of thicker than most petite coronas. I thought it's very no, classic in size. No, 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 I would, <laughs> it's not. No, 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 it's a petite corona. So we smoke, uh, obviously, we smoke a lot of uh, aged Cubans. I know, obviously, everybody knows that Rooster smokes ridiculously aged Cubans generally. But tonight we're smoking young Bellicosos Finos, 21 bucks. Um, these are really, really good on the light, guys. Yeah. Really, really nice. Smoking mm. great young. Beautiful. This, to me, reminds me of, like, when I first started really enjoying Cuban cigars. This is, this is like, this is what I, I loved about it. This, this flavor profile. And I couldn't describe it adequately. Maybe you guys can help amplify some of the sentiment. But it's so smooth. It's got that earthy, kind of grassy. It's great. The smoke is velvety. This That's the thing. There's a creaminess that, to the Bellicosos Finos that, that I really like. And you don't get that on the Royal Corona. This so is better than the It's Royal a bit Corona. different than the Royal Corona. Yeah. yeah. I this have the... Tw- uh, this is 21? This, these are 21s, yeah. They're smoking great young. I mean, we talked about this, I think, with the D4s. We talked about this, maybe something else. But, you know, these are smoking very good young. Great crop, 19, 20, 21. Obviously, with age, they, they change, they mature. Um, but uh, these are really, really, really great cigars young. So, uh, Puba, talk to us about what, what you know. I know, obviously, we, we did a deep dive on Ramon Ionis, So, I'm excited to hear what... Uh, what you have for us on Bolivar. Sure. So it's a Bellicosa. So one thing I thought was interesting to talk about. So the Bellicosa was a shape. Um, there's a difference between the Bellicoso, a pyramid, and a torpedo. Right? So a lot of it, there's a lot of confusion around what, because they look similar. But a Bellicoso kind of goes straight down and then towards the, like middle of the cigar, it starts to flare out just a little bit. And then a, pyr- like a, a, a pyramid kind of has, from the tip down, kind of goes at an angle all the way down, and then the torpedo is the tip and then go, kind of goes straight down. So there are different shapes slightly. So the Bellicosos is, the Bellicoso is, it goes kind of straight down and then flares out kind of towards the foot and then a pyramid kind of swells all the way down and then the torpedo kind of is a point and then kind of goes straight down so not to get into too much minutiae but you know what though i've always i didn't know that that's new that's new that's huge information i I really always thought that they were just synonyms i thought it was just i was gonna say the the same same thing thing. i was like that when you said when you started saying that i'm like i thought it was all the same it's it's not so if you look at like something that's technical now sometimes brands uh new world old world mix these terms up but um traditionally what you'd see with the bellicosos is kind of it, it goes you know straight down and then swells towards the tip and gets or towards the foot and then gets a little bit wider um so that's kind of the difference between a bellicoso a, a pyramid and a torpedo um 
in terms of brand history, um, Bolivar was originally founded um, in the UK, in Great Britain, by Jose F. Rocha um, in 1901-1902, was officially registered in Cuba in 1921 by uh, uh, Jose uh, F. Rocha and um, uh, a very familiar name, uh, partner, the Cifuentes. Okay, family. again. 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 Right? So we've talked about that. Um, so they came up in uh, the Ramon Iona story, obviously. Right, right. So the company and the rights to the brand name, Bolivar, was was purchased from uh, from Jose Afrocha um, after his death in 54, 1954, by the Cifuente Cecilia uh, company, um, which... Uh, had all their production of all their cigars, which included Bolivar, Partagas, Ramon Alones, and Gloria Cabana out of the Partagas factory, and Partagas, of course. Um, so that's that's the brand history. And in terms of the name, you know, Simon Bolivar was a pretty prominent historical figure. And this cigar honors Simon Bolivar. Um, and, and essentially, he was the uh, kind of the the Latin America equivalent of George Washington. You know, he, he, he was a revolutionary leader in the 19th century who led the revolution in Latin America. And he was president of multiple countries, um, uh, Colombia, Ecuador, Panama, Peru, and of course, Bolivia is named after Simon Bolivar. Um, and he, he helped Latin America gain its independence from the Spanish monarchy. Hmm. And I'm I'm going to make an assumption, but is that him on the band of the Boulevard Cigar? Uh, yes. Okay. That's that, that's that. Wow. Yeah, that's him in all of his glory. <laughs> thank you, guys. Good Sorry. work, Ismo. Thank, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, everybody. Um, Drop the mic and leave. <laughs> I'm going to head out. Yeah, and, and it's kind of funny um, because he believed in the, he believed in um, the rights of the individual. He believed in freedom, and that's why they call him the the, the liberator or El Libertor. Um, because he, he really, uh, he helped lead the, 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 the revolution against the Spanish monarchy to liberate, um, Latin America. And, uh, I guess I'll just close it. It's kind of ironic that he, <laughs> that the, that the, that the marker or the brand kind of lived on post-revolution yeah, in, in the Castro in Cuba, <laughs> because, it's it's like the Latin American equivalent of kind of George Washington's name and face on a cigar band, but for Latin America, for under, Central and South America. Under communism under, in Cuba. Under communism in Cuba, it's lived on, and they have like the Libertor, you know. They uh, have like a release, right? A release yeah, yeah. called the Libertor. Um, uh, and they even did like, I think, a commemorative jar at one point of Bolivar's that was like, commemorating like the collaboration of like Cuba and China. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in the under 90s, his name, like under Simon Bolivar's <laughs> name, he's like rolling in his grave. Like this is complete lunacy. Um, uh, and that's pretty much it. He was also a Freemason like George Washington was um, and many of our founders. So he um, was a very significant historical figure uh, who stood for freedom and independence? I think I think that's the important. Like his name, that name Bolivar is synonymous with liberty in Latin America, and you know, I'm, I'm drawing on like some history classes now. But I believe, like he was educated, he was born somewhere in Latin America, but he was educated in Europe. You know, he was in Spain. Was he? Was yeah, he in Spain? I believe he was born in Spain because his mother lodge as a Freemason, is in Spain. Okay. So I think and, he was born in Spain. And I think that's where he um, kind of picked up some of these egalitarian concepts. And, you know, he's a wealthy family coming back. He came back to Latin America, and he kind of pushed for that independence movement. And, you know, he, he founded, he liberate, liberated a lot of that swath of Spanish, you know, the Spanish colony in Latin America, and he founded a new country, a new state, Grand, I think it was called Grand Colombia, or Grand Colombia, which is like this massive, you know, amalgamation, to use that word again, of countries, which at the time was singular. And then the reason why, it's kind of, it's kind of a sad story, actually. The reason why he's 
he's the president of so many countries is because his idea of this unified state never actually came to fruition because they all fragmented. Right. And at the end, he, be, he just kind of became president of the, each of these different sovereign states because he was, his, he was synonymous with liberty and freedom and, you know, egalitarianism. And, and, and at the end, from what I recall, he was kind of, it's kind of sour on the whole concept because at the end of the day, I think he said like, you know, Latin America is not governable because they're so, they're so, it's so disparate. It's so, so far removed. There's so many different cultures and languages and identities. And, and, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because they're still struggling with so much of that today, you know? Yeah, they are. And, and he died in his fifties of tuberculosis. Yeah. TB. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I mean. Crazy. Right. And, yeah. and, and, but, but, but a real, I find the the irony is very interesting that both that he's this iconic um, historical figure that um, that Jose Rocha, you know, the founder of Bolivar, um, honored. I mean, this is an homage to, yeah. to Simon Bolivar, the cigar, and it, and it somehow. Now I don't know if people in if no one actually knew who didn't even bother to figure out who the hell this guy was, they had to have known, but maybe not. And they've let this, that communism has let this, this ambassador of freedom and independence just live <laughs> on the cigar band. <laughs> and his face too, I, not even his name, but it, his it's literally his, his face. His a visage. picture of him. A picture right. of his, a drawing so, of him. But that, I think that relates to... He, he wasn't canceled. Yeah, he wasn't canceled. <laughs> but he was, it was, his meaning was transformed because his, I think his, his, the concept of Bolivar is more about revolution than it is necessarily about liberty. Maybe. Right? Maybe because he was a revolutionary. Right? He was, but he was a revolutionary for everything that we believe in. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was, you know, corrupted and used right. for different reasons. Correct. So that's that's the the kind of the brief overview. Beautiful. I'll tell you, this is even young. I mean, even a 21 so box, guys. I mean, this is something you could order right now and have it in a couple of weeks. This is a fantastic cigar. It is ridiculously good. The smoke is just uh, wonderful this is a classic lizard cigar i yeah, mean I, no I don't know anybody in this group who doesn't smoke mm -hmm. a lot of these cigars no doubt i smoke a lot of the royal coronas i have a, a few age boxes of those i know they don't smoke the same young um i've actually never had a bellicosos finos with with a lot of age on them you know five plus years i don't know if you guys have but um I, i'm curious like have you had oh yeah oh, so yeah, what, what do these age. turn into after a few years they really really they they smooth out and that creaminess that senator kind of spoke to on the light it just gets accelerated i mean big time um they become creamy um you get uh an earthy flavor in combination with this creaminess which you can see you can see here i mean it's present but it's just it's it's just amplified it is a creamy smoke and it, it is one of those smokes that really coats the roof of your mouth it's 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 not um, I don't want to say muted, but it's not really punching you. But there's a lot of flavor there. There is, you know. I th I think it's a I mean, I think it's a great introductory and then intermediate Cuban cigar. Meaning, if you have someone that's not really, you know, experienced in Cuban cigars, and you give this to them, like I, I the first time I smoked this, I had smoked many Cubans, not many, but a, a fair a fair amount of, of Cubans. And Senator gave me one on his deck. He said, you got to try this. And I had it. And I was like, where's this been? And that, that to me still is like, this is like not the, it's like a benchmark for me of, of Cuban cigars. I kind of measure it against, you know, the D4 or the Ramon Ionis and say, you know, what's, how does this relate to the, the BFF in a, in a way? Because that was the first time where I was like, God damn, this is so fucking good, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, it's funny because for me, obviously, I love Partagas as a Cuban brand. And the P, the Partagas P2 was always my favorite torpedo, bellicoso, whatever you want to call it. And I forget when I first had one of these, but I was shocked how much I loved this cigar. And I just dove in. And now, I mean, I would, I'd get the shakes if my humidor did not have a <laughs> bellicoso's finos. And I, I, I thought Puba gave you one at a former lounge, right? No, no, I, I had ordered these. Uh, I, I think, ironically, Rooster and I, we split a box of these 
I think the first time that I got into the Bellicosos Finos, <clears throat> it was a young box and I was going to let it sit for a long time. And Rooster had, you know, we know his model right off the truck and Rooster lit one up and he said, Senator, they're great to smoke, just smoke them now. And I lit one up and I couldn't believe how much I enjoyed it. And ironically, I was raving about this cigar to Gizmo in our lounge at the time. And I gave him one and I'll never forget Gizmo smoked that cigar all the way down to the end without ashing it a single mm -hmm. time. There are a few cigars you're able to do that with. And it was just a testament to, I think, the construction of the Bellicosos Finos. I've never had a plugged one. The draw has always been really good. A nice white ash. The flavor, I think, is just outstanding. And, you know, Gizmo's used this word, I think, in a number of episodes about an accessible cigar. What I like about this cigar is I think it's very versatile. And this gets to what Grinder was saying, where I think if you're new into Cubans, you're going to love this cigar. It's very approachable. And if you're very experienced, you know, like we are, oh, it yeah. still is so satisfying. We will smoke this, this cigar for the rest of our lives. There's absolutely. just no doubt about it. It's on the all-star team. Yeah. It is. Oh, it, absolutely. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. It's on the all-star team. And, and, and obviously it's changed for me in where it fits in my, if I'm going to smoke a few cigars in a sitting, it's changed in where it sits. I'll either open with it or I'll go, you know, obviously I go up in strength every, every time I smoke, but man, you know, th this cigar is fantastic. And, and to go on what Senator said about the first time he gave me a BBF, I made a mistake. I had that cigar. I was completely blown away. I never ashed it. It, it kept its ash the entire time, and I made a mistake. Do you remember what, what the mistake was? No. Because I ordered a box, and we split it, and I ordered a dress box and not a sliding lid box. No, no, we oh. didn't split that. Mm -hmm. I thought we did. No, no, I would never would have split a, a dress box. <laughs> okay, well, I ordered one. But I was very angry that you he did. Was, he was not happy. I thought we split it, but I he was not happy that I ordered a, a dress box because you know, we've talked about this before on the pod. You know, when you order a dress box, the cigars are really stuffed in there in, in the sizing of, of the cardboard boxes. The sliding lid box, if you have an option to get one, that's the way you need to go. And I'll say this. That's absolutely the way you need to go. Sorry. And obviously, I'm, I'm big on the sliding lid box and a cedar box. But I, I will say, it's not to say that I won't go as far as to say every cigar that's in a dress box is not a good cigar. It's nothing like that. But for whatever reason, this cigar in particular, more than many others, if you buy the Bellicosos Finos in a dress box, that cardboard box or a sliding lid box, the sliding lid box hands down every time smokes better for this stick. So for anyone that attempts to source this and if they like it after listening to this episode, I hope you order SLB, the sliding lid box. That, that's it's a great, great, great advice. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm reflecting on or observing the fact that we're all enjoying this. There's good combustion, but we're not overwhelmed with a, a, a wave of smoke in, 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 the, in the Lizard Lounge. And yeah. it's very, to your point, it's approachable. Mm. You, can, you can smoke it. And it's definitely an inside cigar. I mean, would you, would you agree? It's, it's an inside cigar. It, 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 it's in both. It, it, Wouldn't you say that for most Cubans, though? I would. I would. I, I only say both because when I gave one to Grinder, I mean, we smoked that on my deck, and and I thought it was enjoyable. I've had this cigar with my dad outside, and yeah. and we've loved it. I think it it fits depends. kind of anywhere. Maybe depends that, maybe on the weather. Depends on, on the weather, really. It's not dumb. I mean, to me, if if I'm gonna have one cigar outside, and it's, it's a new world, really. Really, to me, yeah. the the wind is the factor. Yeah. If if it's zero wind, there's no the leaves aren't moving at all. Yeah. I'll smoke whatever. It's Cuban. The weather. Yeah, but it's it really comes down the, to the wind. wind is it? The, the thing that yeah, agreed, agreed. One of the things that impresses me about Bolvar, I'm a big, big fan, and I've liked, I've, I've loved these um, for as long as I've uh, smoked cigars. I've always the, the first Cuban cigar I ever had was a was was a and, and loved was a was a Romeo and Julieta Churchill, um, and then. And then the other cigar that I would smoke was the uh, Boulevard Petit Corona. Um, and I've always really been a fan uh, of Boulevard. They were popular. They've always been kind of popular. Um, but the thing about Boulevard to me that I find um, like a redeeming quality about the Marca is that they stick to their guns. They, don't, they do not change. So like, like this cigar hasn't changed. It's not like 
Like they really, the profile, the flavor profile of Boulevard is like, is established and it is what it is. And they kind of stick to their guns. And I really, really respect that about the Marca. Um, it is what it is. They do what they do and they don't, it doesn't change. And they do it so well. And they do it so well. They don't feel this pressure to have to do more than what they do because they just, know they've mastered it. Yeah, it's just, it, it's really, they've stuck to it. And um, it's also a very consistent cigar. I've had these for a few years. The flavor profile has been the same every time. The construction's always excellent. Never had it, like you said earlier, Senator. Never a plugged version of this. The draw's always been perfect. From the Royal Corona to the Bellicosa Finos, fabulous fabulous consistent well-made cigar it well yeah but i'll from my I've, experience i've had my experience i've, I've run into i'm surprised i'm uh, surprised to hear that dress box i have oh I've, that's a whole different story yeah yeah i've had yeah. There, it's not and also with the petite coronas too there are some problems i'm not going to uh, totally concur with that uh, okay. I've had to use a perfect draw on petite Coronas. I've had to with out of Boulevard. I've, I've never had, had that. To, I've had draw issues. Never had that cigar. Out of, with Boulevards out of dress boxes. It's not. So if we, so, I'm with if we just stick with the Bellicosas Finos and the Royal Corona, let's well, if we're staying in that area. I have problems with Royal Coronas too. But I'll say this. So, so if I, I, I just want to come over your house. Sorry, can I clarify real quick? <laughs> when I was saying that I've never had a draw issue, I'm exclusively talking about the Bellicosos Finos. Same here. And it's one of the reasons that I, I love this cigar more than any of Out Boulevard's. of the sliding lid box. Yes. And they, I, I, they only I, I, make someone three smoked. sizes, right? I mean, it's just this, the Royal Corona, and the Petite Petit, Corona. Petite, yeah. I smoke, I smoke a lot of Petite Coronas, and I've had I would say one... Yeah, I would say one out of, unfortunately, because it's a cigar I really enjoy, one out of five oh, yeah. is is a little plugged. Yep. If you get a box of 25, no doubt. there's a chance that you're going to have five duds. Yep. So, I, I'm I'll, not sure because I, I think I'm finding a little bit of resistance to the draw on this one. But I could tell you the construction, you think about the ash, fantastic, great flavor profile. But uh, I'm having a tough time with the draw. And, you know, for, for, the, for the smoker who likes the smoke output, it's relatively low. I'm sorry. I feel like Grinder and I are both looking at each other in amazement because you're saying you're having draw issues, but you've got like an inch and a half of white ash. <laughs> <That's incredible. laughs> that is absolutely perfect like, like on that it's stick. Like wow. It's scientifically impossible. <laughs> to have an ash Ro like Rooster's that. got the same thing. I mean, look at the construction of this cigar. Yeah. That... Yeah, I'm Look looking at around the room. Gizmo. No, 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 mine is mine's great too. It, every, it's incredible. Mine's I, great too, but I have a whole box of these, a dress box of these that does not that smoke kind of dead. That, that I, was I will your say, mistake. You gotta get the sliding I, lid. I box. will say, I, if, I understand, but 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 not. But to your point before, you know, given the time, the place, what's available at the time, you roll the dice and you you get what's available. Because guess what, the the truth of the matter is right now. If you're looking with the shortage, if you're looking for a sliding lid box of these, they're not just ubiquitous and out there. They're yeah, just not. Right now they are available, I promise you. I, I will say this about, about two not things. Not everywhere. The dress box, definitely. The sliding lid, lids, uh, sliding lid box cigars I've had have smoked way better than the, the, the dress box cigars I've had. But I will say this too, and I, you know I'm, I'm an evangelist for humidity. I think these cigars are very sensitive to humidity. And the closer you get to 62, the better they're going to smoke all the time. I agree. These true, true more for than, all Cubans. Yes, but there are some Cubans like a D4. I think a D4 can smoke at any humidity, no problem. I think... 62. 62. Yeah, the closer you get to 62, Cubans. I think this Close. one is, is more sensitive than any. I think the closer I get to 65 on these, the worse they smoke. 62 is the number. For sure. No, don't get me wrong. Uh, by the way, uh, Senator did advise me to get uh, one of those cabinets with the sliding, uh, you know, I guess. Slide box. Sliding box. SLB. Sliding box. Anytime. I'm just about to ask. Look, guys, I mean, look, cigar, but like, uh, <laughs> I got a seam. I got a seam here, you know, that's, uh, that, uh, look, Boulevard's, the, the construction on these is not always exemplary, okay? Uh, it's they're they're really good, 
but I mean, this needs, you know, it's, they taste amazing, but they're a little bit more towards a bit rustic. It's a bit rustic. I think Puba yes. brings up a great point because yeah, I mean, when we reviewed the, the RAS, the Ramon Ione especially selected, you know, I think a number of us actually compared the, the Bolivar and, and Ramon Ionis brands in that they're both mm. very rustic mm-hmm. constructed cigars. Right. They're not cigars that right. necessarily open the box and you look at it and you say, wow, these are, you know, as clean and, and, and sharp and pristine as a Partagas or an Upman. I, I mean, I and got- so I completely agree with that. The construction is very rustic, but it, it's the same reason that I love the RAS and I think all of us love the RAS. The, the same reason we like this. The flavor is just yeah. so good. That's so what good. brings us back. Like every once time. you get down after, into like an inch of this thing, and it like, because it's a young cigar, so like on the light, like once it and it now it starts to settle into the middle. It really smooths out. At the end, there'll be a couple rough edges. Like we know what to expect because it, it's because there'll be a little bit of it's, youth, it's young, a little yeah. bit of freshness in there. Yeah, but like all of it's there. Yeah. But like it's all in it. Um, the things that you would want. You know, for the listener also, if you have a choice between a slide box SLB as opposed to a dress box, go for the SLB. You have to go SLB every time. Every time. Every time. 60% of the time. <laughs> it works all the time. All right, so let's talk about our pairing tonight. As, uh, you know, to call back to a, a Puba quote, a familiar friend to the Lizards. McAllen, 12 year aged, single malt scotch. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's mother's milk. <laughs> the McAllen 12 is mother's milk to this group. Is there anything that we drink more no. than McAllen 12, Sherry? Sherry well, by, by volume, maybe Kirkland. Well, Kirkland, sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. Rooster, Rooster just gave me a, there's a twinkle in his eye over there referencing Costco, but uh, McAllen 12 is the gold standard for us. Yeah, as I, far I th- as single malt scotch goes. I think for a lot of us, we view this as the best 12-year single malt, or at least most Absolutely. of us. Absolutely. Maybe the Bel- Belvini 12, uh, the 50 oh, The double 50 wood. Sherry. The yeah, double wood. Yeah. It's a great bottle. I, I still, for, for me, this is my, my personal favorite 12-year. It's a go-to. It's a go-to. I think a lot of guys really love this. I mean, just some brief history on, on McAllen. Um, and I only looked any of this up because as much as I consume this, I know nothing about the brand. I mean, truly, I, I always assume McAllen is a person's name. Maybe that's where it's not a name. Um, so just some quick history. I mean, McAllen was founded in 1824. It was one of the first distillers in Scotland to have a legal license to manufacture and sell alcohol. The name McAllen, as I said, it's not a person. It's derived from the Gaelic word and, and Grinder probably know way more about this. So I'm interested in his perspective, but Apparently, it's derived from the Gaelic word mag, which means a fertile land. And Alan, a monk who spread Christianity in Scotland during the 18th century. So they sort of melded that together and came up with this name, McAllen. And originally, and this is why I've always loved McAllen, and it's changed and it's not their fault. This is where I'm going to slightly poke and criticize a little bit. But originally, McAllen, and I think they were one of the only distillers in Scotland, which is why I love this brand, that was matured exclusively in sherry cast from Jerez, Spain. I love the flavor of a single malt that comes out of a sherry cask. I think a lot of us love those flavor notes that we get from that. Now, beginning in 2004, and I think McAllen and other distillers will say that they intentionally made this decision, but I think if you understand how the the world operates in terms of casks, and as a wine person, I pay close attention to this stuff, uh, European sherry casks, there is a global shortage. There has been for years now of these. And coincidentally, when this global shortage started years ago, McAllen, for the first time in 04, introduced a new product at the time. It was called the Fine Oak. I'm sure you guys saw this. It was like a 10-year they came out with. They used to only have the 12. And the reason they did that is because they started making that with bourbon casks. They were aging the, the scotch in. And now you've seen, and again, it's not their fault, but because of this shortage, McAllen now has, there's a a McAllen 12 double cask that's half aged in ex-bourbon barrels, half in sherry. They have triple cask. They even, for McAllen 18 now, it's not just the McAllen 18 sherry. They have a McAllen 18 triple cask because they're having a hard time finding enough sherry cask to keep up with the demand and the volume that they produce. 
But for McKellen 12, we all universally, I think, appreciate. And for any lizard out there who's a McKellen fan or who will become one after listening to this, you want to buy that black box. The black box was about to go there. That's the sherry cast 12 year. The blue box is the double cask, which is half bourbon barrel, half uh, sherry. I personally, for my palate, don't find it to be as enjoyable as just the straight 12 years in sherry. So I think for us, this is... Totally so agree. What, what's a, yep. what, what do you mean by a double cask and a triple cask? So the double cask is aged in two different types of cask. Half of it, six years in sherry, and the other half, six years in ex-bourbon they barrels. Blend it. Yeah, uh, and no, the, well, they don't blend no, it. No, no, it's, no. Uh, it's, um, it's transferred. Sherry and European oak. Mm. So why not just leave cask. it in the sherry Correct. cask then if they, have, if they have it in the sherry cask? Because it's, be, it's, more, it's, more, it's, more, it's in more demand. Yeah, there's just not enough to keep up yeah. with the demand. Where you know regular oak is is very easy to uh, very easy to yeah, find. Yeah, but right don't now. they? Wouldn't they have to take what they have in the in the oak cask and what they have in the sherry cask, and they take that and they put it together? That's what I mean. When yeah, but it's the same scotch as the. Difference. That's what I mean. That's, yeah, they take yeah, blend, so it's or they put it together. Not blended. Yeah, they put it. They put it together. Because yeah, in mean. distilling, blended would imply that it's different things that they're mixing together. Where these are the same thing they're just putting. This, together. Yeah, they're just so here's a together. here's a quick question. So I'm just curious because I don't know much about this as much as you do. Are they actually aging in two t- different types of barrels and then combining it into a single barrel? Yes. Is that what's happening? Yes, that's that's interesting. But that's but that goes. I mean that they scotch dist- scotch distiller distilleries do that. The single malt name is is kind of confusing because I think it's more confusing in America than it is in Europe because in America we have this concept of of single barrel bourbon and it's literally comes from a single barrel and that's it it's it's a batch they have they have the batch number on the on the label and everything and it's it's from a single barrel and it was a great marketing ploy by some of these Kentucky bourbon distillers to do that, right? Because they they could jack up the price and say it's from a single barrel, but it's really not any different from any of the other, you know, bourbons. The single malt scotch, it's actually, it's not like it's from a single barrel. It's the starting material. No, it's, they, the, the blender takes different barrels of, of, um, you know, different barrels and he, he literally says, okay, this batch of barrels has this flavor profile. This is a little different because it's all different. Like this is all organic material. And they he blends all the different um, barrels into one unique flavor and one unique taste. And that's where they say single malt scotch. It's not because it's from a single barrel. It's literally just from a single distillery. That's the that's all that it means. And McCallum was one of the first, I think they were one of the first um, companies or distilleries to actually coin that term. Single single malt scotch now is is synonymous with good quality, but it's really, you know, it's more or less because McCowan decided to slap that on the bottle <laughs> and yeah. say this is single malt. You know, the the only thing I would say that I I think there's some merit to it, and I'm I'm always I feel like making analogies to wine where, you know, when you when you look at some of the higher price wines and they say that they're estate grown, they're grown on just that property that they own, they are not sourcing what's in that bottle from other vineyards in different places or other regions, even within California or France or wherever, and then, you know, blending that or bringing that together. And so, you know, there's what a purist would say is like, there's a character about that unique property on that land that they have. And it's all only coming from that place. Um, and so I think that's a bit of the, you know, intrigue. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's it. That's, I mean, I agree, but it's not, it's, it's primarily this distinction between a blended scotch and a single malt scotch is solely because a blended scotch will take this, this batch of, of, of barrels from this distillery and this batch of barrels from another distillery and they'll have it in, in their inventory and they'll blend it together and we'll say, this is, this is our scotch. Similar to Kirkland, you know that's a blended scotch that I forget the I forget the gentleman's name. He he's a good he's a good blender and he takes different. Ale- Alexander. Alexander, yeah. Alexander, Alexander Murray. Murray. Yeah, exactly. Murray. I, I don't know if that's his real. Yeah, I, don't, I think that's just a name, like the brand be. name. Yeah, um, I don't know. But anyway, the um, I, so that's I think McCallan. I mean, they've been around for almost two hundred years. Is, is it? Is that what yeah. you said? Eighteen hundreds, early eighteen hundreds. Early eighteen hundreds. So, you know, they've been, you know, around for a long time and. Um, 
I, I believe it's a, it's a Highland Scotch, right? So Highland, I think you mentioned earlier, what the, the original, when, so blend, making scotch and distilling scotch whiskey was actually outlawed for, the long, for a long time, right? So you had to get a special royal warrant or royal certificate to do this because the English wanted to tax the fuck out of the Scots. <laughs> So to do that, they had to denote what was, they had to make an artificial line for what the Highlands were and what everything else was and say, okay, you guys making scotch up here, all of you Scotsmen, we're going to tax you and here's the rules. And, he, and there's specific laws and, and parameters, kind of like how the Germans have a, the Reinhardtsgebot for their beer, they have a specific set of parameters for scotch. And accordingly, it's more or less a way for them to tax. Um, and it, it's, it's still... It's still today. It still happens now? You, yeah, it still happens now. And so much so that there are people, you can get a Macallan 12 scotch in Speyside, where this is, I think it's a Speyside distillery, Northern Highlands of scotch near the North Sea, and it will cost more there wow. than it will here. Wow, that's crazy. And, and that's, that's actually common across all the scotch industry. That's, that's really, you know, amazing. Um, you, you look at so much of history especially you know vis-a-vis the british has been related to them extracting <laughs> extracting wealth and resources from from various peoples and then you know obviously um com, you know those peoples combating it but um back to the scotch it's you know to your point it's a familiar friend sherry the sherry flavor is really comes through always traditionally sherry um they did change from uh i don't think they actually make the the spanish barrels anymore do they i'm not sure about that i think so yeah. they still do yeah i, do, I believe most of the, like not nearly in as many as they used to but yeah i think most of the standard production now is still in um um i don't i'm not sure if it's still spanish uh sherry but i may be wrong um and they have a you to me to your point earlier they have the double cask the thing about this scotch that i that i like a lot and one of the reasons why I also like some other scotches, like like a Lagavulin, is they have those short those short pot stills. So this this amber, this dark amber color, that's because it's a short pot still. They have a very special. They have a guy whose whose whole business is to foundry, you know, special pots, and they maintain them. They have a they have a specific, you know, role in the distillery to actually a master of barrels. Like this guy, his only role is literally to just source barrels and and that's his job and he gets paid very well to do it and he is he is the reason why there's so much high quality McAllen around the world and you know I think the reason I think it's like one of the most sold scotches single malt scotches in the world it is it's top five top Top five five brands selling brands of scotch in the world and if you I I think that and a couple of the Glens probably Glenlivet and and Glen Glen Fittich are are the two the top two the top, the the other, yeah. So and those some three. some say McAllen's three, some say McAllen's five, but the only definitive that are, because they all sort of release what they want, the only definitive ones that sell more than McAllen does is, is uh, yeah. Glenn Fittich and, and it, Glenn Levitt. And it's distinctly, it's distinctly British. It's distinctly Scottish, obviously. Um, it's the official scotch of the, of the Speaker of the House of Commons, which I found really cool. Um, and, you know, it's been like that for probably... I don't know, 100 years. <laughs> so, so to confirm, you can have blended scotch, but from a single distillery, which can be called a single malt. All, pretty much all scotch is blended. And but, but blended scotch in the marketing term means it's from two different distilleries. You cannot or, have... Or more you than cannot, two, even. More than two. You cannot have the term single malt scotch on a, on a scotch bottle unless it's been from... It, it, was, it was from one... Distillery. Yeah. The other thing that's funny is when you think about, you know, why I'm sympathetic to the challenge that McAllen and all these distillers are going through with the barrels. I mean, you think about McAllen being made years ago and they're coming from, you know, ex they're, they're aging in an ex sherry barrels. How many people drink sherry now compared to years ago? You have to think about this, right? Like the sherry has aged for years in that barrel and then it's done and they bottle it. And then you have these distillers that buy those barrels and they want to age their scotch in that. And you think of sherry, I feel like, is, is just declining as a spirit. And bourbon is exploding as a spirit. And so it's so much easier for all of these distillers to get ex-bourbon barrels that they can age single malt scotch or tons of other spirits that are aged in barrels like that. 
and it's tough. They're, they're, they're yeah. in a bind. And, you know, it, that, that tradition is, is, it's not new. I think I talked, we talked about this on a previous uh, podcast. Like, that tradition started post, you know, during World War II when the Scots, industrious Scots that they are, you know, penny pinchers, said we can we can take all this trash from the Americans because they just throw it the in the Americans river. were throwing it out. Yeah. Right? yeah. And and you know, you know, buy it on the cheap and put our stuff in there. And they said, shit, this is really good. <laughs> and you know, that's what it is today. So there's there's a price difference though, and we should note this in the black box that we're drinking tonight and the blue box, which is the yeah, you know, double cask. Double cask. About what, fifteen bucks, twenty bucks? No, it's less. Less than ten. Now. It's like ten, 10 bucks. Yeah. But the taste is is, is it's noticeable. Yeah. Worlds apart. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, it's it's distinctively different. I, I was just gonna say what what I what I love as we're saying worlds apart in terms of taste. I think McAllen twelve of all t- twelve year scotches, in my opinion, is the most complex. I think there are more distinct flavor notes that you will pick out of McAllen 12 Sherry. And I love Balvenie 12 Double Wood. There's a number of other 12 years that I enjoy drinking, but I think this is more complex than any of them. Oh yeah, it, it, it's it's the best. In my, it's it's my favorite scotch. Um, and even when we, we, I think we, what did, what was the, Bal, the, the Balvenie we... Uh, the, the 14 the, Caribbean, the Caribbean cask. cask. Yeah, Caribbean cask, yeah. Which, which is really amazing it's and great. unique and it's like really awesome. But like, if I'm on a hospital bed and you're like, and I'm like, listen, it always goes to death. Come, come visit me. <laughs> you know, we always, we always go to like, what happens if we're dying? <laughs> and I'm like, come visit me. And I'm like, listen, just fill a flask up with what am I going to ask you to fill a flask up that I can, that I can take a couple nips off. Well, for of you, we're going to fill a thermos, not yeah. a thermos. Yeah. <laughs> I resent the implication. But <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I don't know what you mean, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, but I would I, I'd be like, bring me up, you know, come on, give me a couple. Of the, uh, that that's what that's the scotch going to the electric chair that I want because um, I, I, we we I've consumed copious amounts of the scotch over the years because at the end of the day, it really is it's so balanced. And it's 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 complex. Um, you almost I don't want to say take it for granted, but it, it, sometimes. But it's easy to because uh, it's like a go to. You know, it really is a go to. And and the crazy thing for me, if you were to just I want to talk about the flavor notes in this for a second because you obviously get the sherry sweetness in this, like you do most other twelve year scotches that are aged in sherry casks. And I thought I was nuts when I was tasting this and then I, I look this up and I'm not crazy there are other people who get the same thing out of this but you get that sweetness from the sherry cask and I always only with McAllen get this chocolate note out of the scotch that I again thought my mind was playing tricks I looked this up just to see what other people get out of it and it's very much on all of these lists people whose palates are picking up that same thing and also, and Bam will love this, this citrus that you get also in the scotch. <laughs> it, it's just so complex. So, I, I just, for what you, for $65, the yeah, complexity yeah. just blows me right. away every so time. So sometime I'd suggest that you try, um, if you're watching like Netflix on in your leather chair upstairs and relaxing, try eating a Pepperidge Farm Milano dark chocolate Mm. Orange. Now you're talking. Yeah. Orange. Yeah. And now you're eat, talking. Eat that. Like take a couple nibbles of that after dinner, and you're like, or just even just the Milano. Oh, I'll cookie. eat that. That double chocolate, dark chocolate Milano. I want one right and now. You eat that with like a little scotch. My God. And a cigar. And oh, a, come uh, on. Well, yeah. So, well, I don't even know. Come you, on. Forget the cigar. Just you know, <laughs> chocolate and scotch is like, uh, and particularly this Bacallan, You know, it's like. A Milano cookie, dude. You're sounding like Giz for some reason. I don't know. Come, come well, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna go I knew there. The, I knew the Bruce Shard was gonna come Bruce up. Shard. I knew it. You're I gonna knew tell it. me that a chocolate chip cookie? Just take a chocolate chip cookie and eat it with a scotch. It's fantastic. Coming, coming back to the the cigar and smoking the cigar with this with this 
uh, with the scotch. For me, very much the same way, this cigar is a benchmark for good Cuban cigars with great flavor. The Macallan 12 is the benchmark for sherry scotch to me. You know, that's what I always, if I relate pretty much, well, I relate most scotches I drink to Macallan 12, regardless of what it's been aged in. But when, it, when, I, when I look at the other, the market for sherry cask scotches, the Balvini, you know, whatever they are, I'm looking to, to see, okay, how does this actually rack and stack against the Macallan 12? Yep. You know? I'm glad you said that. And I, I love Puba's sort of deathbed analogy with, you know, Macallan because we've all been very lucky to try some, I think, really amazing single malt scotches. And there are, you know, $600, $700, $800 bottles I've been lucky to try that friends, you know, we're, we're sharing and enjoying together. And I'm always the person who says, I really enjoyed this. This was great. But I'll tell you, like Puba said, if I'm on my deathbed, I'm still reaching for a Macallan 12. And that's the beauty of that scotch that for $65, I think it can compete with almost anything out Absolutely. there. There's few things you'd be able to say that few about. Few things. So I have a picture I'll circulate to you guys. I, I actually had the distinct pleasure of, of having a couple of drams of Macallan 1945. Wow. Wow. Jesus. Wow. Jesus. Okay. Well, when you were 10, Puba? No. <laughs> no. No. This you got, was you like, just got shanked. This was seven or eight years ago. This was seven or eight years ago, and the bottle was no joke, like $13,000. I mean, it's like so, a ridiculous amount of money. What does that mean, though? Was that mean it was bottled in oh, 1945? Oh, it says. Or it, was, it yes. was aged how many no, years was no, it? No, it, no, no, it, it says that's 19, the year it was bottled. It, yeah, and it actually says in red. I'll show you. I'll send you the picture. It says in red lettering, 1945, one of blah 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 blah. These so bottles go the, at auction. Yeah. So what was oh the age on it though? Well, longer than that, honestly, because it was. Well, how no, 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 no. I mean, not not that. like aged in the barrel is what. Is so the, this is from 19 actually 19 fucking 45. That's yeah. the bottling year. I, what I'm saying is that bottle. What was the age before, before it, was it was bottled? Oh, I don't know, dude. It stops, I mean, stops it, aging, right? Because I, mean, I, I would argue, I don't know how. I mean, I, I think obviously the flavor profiles change a lot because it, and it gets stronger. I, I would argue it, it, it gets, it gets stronger because you have the, you know, the the angel share, right? It, you know, there's, I don't know, I, I don't know your experience, but my guess is there was a good amount that was that was tapped out of the bottle, and that flavor was probably so much stronger because some of that water just evaporated. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was only a couple of drams that I was able to have, uh, uh, that night. Um, so it wasn't like I ruminated over it forever, so, but it was damn good. Well, I'll say this. I just looked this up cause I I've seen, you know, as someone who travels a lot for business, especially when you're traveling in Asia, for whatever reason, there's this huge fascination with single malt scotch in Asia. And you go into a lot of these places, cigar places, and they will have, display cabinets of 1960 McAllen bottles and all this stuff that sure you can buy for 15 grand there. And looking this up, all of these age statement McAllen bottles, from what I'm seeing, minimum were aged, the, the actual liquid before they bottled was aged 18 to 30 years. So they're all premium. So bottles. that's fascinating to me. So the 1945 bottle that you had was potentially aged you know, in the early 1900s. That's amazing. amazing. That's amazing. So a hundred, a hundred years ago. It's wow. crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, it was a crazy night, and uh, <laughs> we, we, it was a crazy night, a and, uh, and it was, it was, it was complete lunacy. I have the picture. Uh, it's, uh, and it was a great experience. But that was, you know, that was nice. But I mean, you're only going to get so much. I mean, there, there, there's a limited amount that you're gonna that you're gonna consume from that. And by the way, that was in a private setting, not at a bar. It was somebody's personal, it yeah, was my no, friend's personal bottle. No bar would stock that. <laughs> right. I mean, this wasn't like, you know. So, Senator, you mentioned about the Asian market with single malt scotches. I, I've seen auctions. I've seen absolute insanity with the prices of single malt scotch, aged and not aged. Like, 
What is going on in the Asian market with single malts? Yeah, so it's funny. There, like I said, there's this huge fascination with single malt scotch, and and for whatever reason, culturally, my mother-in-law has worked a, a ton of her career in Asia, and it's apparently very customary after business meetings in Asia that they will open a bottle of scotch, and everyone at the table has to drink until the bottle is empty. And sometimes, apparently, these meetings get so aggressive that when my mother-in-law, she was in finance in, in her career, um, a bunch of them, when they would fly into Asia for a meeting, they would bring with them someone, a junior staffer, whose singular job was basically at the end of the meeting, all of these guys, and you have these, you know, these Asian men, and, and again, it's finance, so my mother-in-law was one of the few women in, in these rooms always, you have these Asian guys and my mother-in-law and, you know, if there were ever another woman in that room who would sort of just tap this person that they would bring with them and they would take their seat at the table and it was their job to finish these bottles of scotch that they would put on the table because <laughs> you would just leave completely blasted these meetings if you didn't bring someone with you. I so, want that job. Yeah, so for whatever reason, it's just like culturally it's become a very customary celebratory thing to have and share a bottle of single malt and um, I think because it's harder to get there, I mean, you look at the prices that they pay for alcohol, it's so much higher than here and even Europe that it's made it less accessible and, and also that much more desirable because it's really hard to get. And, and the same thing has happened with cigars, too. I mean, Cuban cigars, you go on I Havana's, there's literally a note for uh, Chinese buyers that says, do not purchase more than $5,000 of cigars. I've seen that. USD yeah. in in one transaction yeah. because they're they're purchasing at such a high volume right. and because the prices are just so outrageous so when they're able to source those from websites that that we source our our stuff from that is I mean for us it's a discount for them I mean it's literally like a 90% discount on wow. what they have to pay there I mean when I was last in Singapore no exaggeration for a Monty 2 I had to pay 50-something U.S. just for that stick. <laughs> wow. That's a $10 cigar. It's Unbelievable. 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 Well, this Bellicosos Finos is really performing well for its age, guys. I mean, no, for a 21 cigar. No I mean, doubt. Bam Bam's got an ash that's three, three um, four inches I'm, long over I'm there. I'm just about at the band. He's at the band. You know, yeah. I think it's easy to take the cigar for granted because it is. We, we've smoked it for so long. But... It's a quintessential Cuban. Yeah, I don't think anyone how, can dispute can we, that. How do you actually no smoke about it, it at this point? I'm looking at that that ash. Like, how does that? Well, oh my so god! He, yeah, gonna, you're you're tilting tilt your head, head back. Gotta, you got to lay down in bed. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, I think it reminds Bam Bam of his high school days in the gym, <laughs> in the locker room after a shower. So, can you take that band off without ashing? Uh no. No, no don't, don't even it. do that. Don't I won't it. do that. I will not do that. You're gonna make a huge mess. But, I sent um, you guys the picture, by the way, of the scotch bottle. 1946? It was 46, not 45. Incredible. Uh, unfortunately, it was only 12 years old. So look at the, that, 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 that packaging has changed, right? So significantly. Can we but talk the Macallan lettering is the same. Can, can we talk about just the flavor? We, Please, we've all described, I was about to go there. Yeah, we, we haven't discussed the notes of the cigar. Exactly. We, we described that, you know, the Bellicosos Vinos is really full flavor and we mm -hmm. like the flavor, but what are the notes that we're You know, all honestly, uh, if I can start, I mean, the retrohale, I can, it's easy to retrohale most Cubans. For this particular cigar, I get a lot of floral and a hint of graham cracker. And the smoke is so velvety. You know, I'm getting the wafting of smoke from Grinder Cigar and, and mine. It's, very pleasurable. It's beautiful. I very, think that's a very, very apt description. Earthy. Delicious. Yeah, yeah. Very, very earthy. Very earthy cigar. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of uh, mineral, if I could say that. I mean, uh, but definitely earthy. I get that. And what's funny, though, is on the finish, I get uh, just a little, just a little of a chocolate, that, that like sweetness and some cream. It, it, it's very complex. And then getting back to the construction, I'm holding this three-inch ash horizontally. It's not moving. Yeah. yeah it's, it's not even curved. Like, there's no, yeah. like... A bit. There you go. There it goes. Bam, bam, it's ashed. By the way, I know uh, earlier I said that uh, the draw was a bit resistant, but I can tell you that as uh, I continue to smoke the cigar, it just improved dramatically. Um, We're going to awesome. buy you a new cutter. Yeah, there's pepper in here. <laughs> there's, We're buying you a new cutter. There's but pepper in is here. Is it going to be from... There is. There I hope it's Gizzes because yeah. that's the only one I'll accept. You got it. 
Pagoda, you got it. Yeah, there's pepper in here too. It's 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 it gets a little peppery down the stretch. It's good. I would um, agree. Yeah. Um, Puba, how would you? Uh, what do you think about you know, the last third here that we're in now w- with its age? How do you think it's performing? Yeah, it, it's a little bit. It tastes a little fresh, but it it, it it it's, but it's all there. It's not. There's nothing about it that's, you know, um, off-putting or anything. Um, I mean, in any way, for a young cigar, I mean, it really performs well. You know, like the Partagas, this guy early, like young, it smokes deliciously, right down to the end. For me, that's it for does, me. and I just think there are there are only a number of Cubans that I think young smoke really well that we would be able to sit here and all enjoy, and we're not off put at some point during the smoke by some of those really rough edges. And I think this, you know, of course, you know, improves with age. There's no question about that. But young is very pleasurable. I mean, I don't think anyone here is sitting here saying like, oh, boy, at this point, it's really. And that that's, I think, the beauty of, you know, a lot of Partagas, I would say, smokes well young. And th- I won't say all of Bolivar, but I will specifically say the Bellicosos Finos right. young, I think, smokes very well. Yeah, I, I almost want to. At, at the end, at the end, just at this point for me personally, like I can taste. But that's OK. I mean, that's not a, a detriment um, to the cigar. Uh, but you can you can take for me it gets a little bit you know there are some rough edges in the last inch or so of it. I was, There's no well, doubt about it. Well, this is not as enjoyable enjoyable for me in the last third as it was in the two right, first two. Right, right. It's and it shouldn't be, and it's yeah. not going to be. Uh, if this if you laid this scar even down for 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 two or three years, you're going to get a little bit. Um, this is going to taste a little bit better. I, I, I would disagree with the both of you. you I mean, no, I, you can't. I'm taking it down to the end, and I'm ha- <laughs> I love it. You can't because it's and it's not okay. it's not arguing. Well, no, because because this cigar is going to get better, uh, Bam. Oh, I totally agree. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it's gonna it's gonna smooth out. It it does require just a little bit more age, but like, but for what it is at this point, I mean, and the performance of the cigar is just outstanding. It's representative of. This is the thing with Bolivar. It, it it stands on its own two feet. It's foundationally a fantastic cigar. But, I mean, no one's in this room is going to convince me that this cigar isn't going to smoke better in three or four years. It's definitely will. No, no one. I don't think anyone is saying that. No, no, no. We're not saying that. I think that. what they're saying is that there are a few Cubans that this young, we'd all smoke this far down and still yeah. enjoy. That's, yeah. Absolutely. That's yeah. Yeah. Hands down, correct. You know, yeah. I'll it. say, too, yeah. if, if I was making a purchase tomorrow, these, I you know, which I might... I would buy a box to smoke now, and I'd buy a box to store. You know, that's that's kind of where I'm at with this. I, I'm kind of interested to see what it would be like in three to four years. You know. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've had aged, I've had a, a, quite a few aged Boulevards, uh, Bellicosas Finos, and they're very very good. All right, boys, are you guys ready to do the uh, formal lizard rating? Oh yeah. Rooster, you're up. Again? Always. <laughs> Always. So uh, so I recently, like two days ago, I had a Bolivar Silver Jubilee. You did? Yeah, I did. You shouldn't have told us that. <laughs> yeah, we know. We yeah, can't so wait to review that, this with you, Rooster. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're doing that next week, <laughs> so, right? Sorry, boys. <laughs> so that cigar, like, just absolutely blew me away. I mean, this cigar, as young as it is, it's a great... Very satisfying smoke, I must say. So I know, and I agree with Puba with some age on this. This is going to be fantastic. But right now, I would give it an eight. Yeah, I agree. I'm with, um, um, I, it's an eight for me. It's also an eight for me. I'm giving it a nine. Uh, an eight. I, I'm actually, I really love this cigar. The first two thirds were awesome. I'm really not enjoying it right now. I'm giving it a seven. I am blown away by that seven score. I'm at a nine, a nine, a nine. <laughs> <laughs> what? And let me tell you. Eight, one, six. I mean, uh, the notes I'm getting off of this cigar, it's a quintessential Cuban. It's fantastic. Nine. All right. The, the, the composite lizard score and 8.1. 8.1. I was close. I think, listen, I think with a few years of age, this is easily in the mid-nines. Of course, yeah. No doubt. This is a classic Cuban cigar. Is that the rating 8-1? 8-1. 
which is a hard recommend. It's yeah, a hard absolutely. recommend. I'm a Anything little disappointed. Over an eight is a hard. I'm a little recommend. disappointed, but I'll. I mean, what choice do I have? Yeah, to eat one. I mean, I I think that this is a an abs a cigar that absolutely should be in every humidor. You know, it, weekly it, it, rotation. This absolutely, it's a great cigar, and it's it's well priced too. Every you know? it's one of the best Cuban torpedoes. I don't think we disagree with that. Nope. Tor- Bellicosos. Bellicosos. No, we That's right. We've learned the difference. It's a Bellicosos, and it's a it's an outstanding. And it's cigar. fine. All right, boys, an 8.1 for the Bolivar Bellicosos Finos. And uh, we'll see you next week. Keep smoking. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to leave us a rating and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any comments, questions, if you want to reach out, say hello, tell us what you're smoking, email us, loungelizardspod, P-O-D, that's loungelizardspod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram, at loungelizardspod. We really appreciate your time, and we'll uh, we'll see you next week.